I thought we'd do a little fun uh, call and answer. He is risen. I think we can do a little better. Let's try it. Ready? He is risen. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Easter and welcome uh, for those of you that are here or watching online. We love you. Um, yesterday, we had a really, really fun event. I'm going to let my wife uh, talk about it for just a second. And then we have a little, well, I'll let her. Which, by the way, this is Aaron and I'm Katie. <laughs> I just wanted to extend a huge thank you for all the helping hands yesterday. It was um, such an amazing event. And even for the, the things that you would think go, that go unnoticed, like Tom beforehand pulled all these weeds in one of the planters. Um, Floyd and Chris did all of the dishes afterwards. Hillary, Hillary was our secret Easter bunny. <laughs> So just so many things. You could see the joy on everyone's faces, and it was, it was really incredible. So thank you so much for all of your help. So to see the joy on the faces of the, of the kids and the fellowship of the families, you know, here from Somos and, and beyond, we had a conversation with uh, Pastor Gary and, and the deacons and stuff last week, and just it's, we have such an amazing opportunity to, to use this facility. We know that it's not about the Easter bunny and the eggs and the candy and the whatever, but it's about Jesus and being able to use this facility to reach the lost, to, to care for the wounded, to just be available, to spread the love of Jesus and the gospel of Christ is monumental. And so as I think about just the weight of today, it I'm going to bird walk real fast, but it's, it was God's perfect plan to send his son. It goes all the way back to Genesis. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a Band-Aid. It was always for us to be able to enter into a relationship. And to see that on their faces yesterday was just amazing. So I thank you for all of the help. Thank you to my beautiful wife. Um, God gets all the glory. Absolutely. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are in control, that in your perfect timing, you would do everything that's needed in order to reach your people. Lord, we pray that this, this building, this facility, this house, your house, would be used to bring you all the glory. Thank you for all the energy and effort. Thank you for all of the people who serve. Thank you that you motivate us to draw people to you. I pray, Lord, today that we would be able to sit in the peace and the grace, knowing that you love us, that you would send your son to die a horrific death, that we would be able to enter into a relationship with you. Let us just marinate in that for a second. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come, that you would fill this place, that you would work in our hearts and our minds, to be better image bearers of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship the risen Savior.
yes. One, two, three, four.
It's a mighty power, isn't it? If you can raise from death to life, our Jesus Messiah.
Lord, you are Messiah. You are the promised one, the one that we were told of thousands of years ago. And you came in the flesh, not only to rule this world, but to sacrifice yourself and give yourself to our, for our, our forgiveness, to pay the penalty of the price for our sins. God, we thank you that you were not just a suffering Messiah, but you also are the victorious Messiah, coming again in glory because you've risen from the grave. We thank you for that promise. We look forward to your, your return, Lord. Pray now that as uh, our pastor, Gary, um, speaks to us, opens the word of God, teaches us from your word, that he, uh, you'll bless him, bring to his memory the things that he's prepared for us. May we be blessed. May your Holy Spirit change us and, and touch our hearts as we hear your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. I hope you've had a good start this morning. Good to see some uh, faces that I haven't seen in a while and some old faces. Now, I mean, that don't mean that by age. Just uh, I've, I've known you. And uh, good to see you guys. I've got to uh, just say a couple things before we get into the sermon. Uh, we have a connection card in front of you. If you have any prayer requests, any needs or prayers, or if you'd like to be part of our email list, we send out monthly email lists. I mean, excuse me, weekly. We also have a prayer um, chain that we send through email for different prayer requests. If you'd like to be part of that, fill that out, sign up, put as much information on there as comfortable. We promise that we won't be sharing that with anybody. Uh, also, uh, offering just back there in a box for those that... Uh, uh, we, we certainly don't expect our guests to give, but uh, for those, just uh, remind you that it's back there in the back. <clears throat> I was thinking about uh, this morning, and it just hit me just a few minutes ago. I was, I was thinking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As when Jesus uh, rose from the grave, he spent about... 40 days, uh, actually, actually 40 days before he ascended up into heaven. And I was thinking that that was like, after the resurrection, it was like a NASCAR race. Now, how do you get a NASCAR race out of Easter? Well, I, I, I like NASCAR. I've been to Daytona twice. And that was on my bucket list to do in my life, and I'd been there twice, my wife and I. And, but you know, after the, the race is won, you know what happens? The guy that wins the race, he goes over to the guy that has the flag, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, does the, keeps the race going, the caution, he's got the flag, and he gets the checkered flag. And you know what the winning driver does with that? He takes a victory lap, and it's hanging out the side, and everybody's clapping, and, and then he does this burnout with smoke and everything, and I'm sure it's not environmentally sound. <laughs> but he does that. I got to think it just dawned on me, that's exactly what happened with Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave... He made a victory lap that lasted for 40 days. Uh, you know, that it was very evident that he was alive, and there he was, and, and, and that he made that lap, and, and uh, you know, it gave proof that he was alive. 
and he's still alive. And, and uh, I just thought that that was kind of a cool thought, that Jesus Christ was holding the checkered flag, that he had won the race. And anybody who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ also are winners with Jesus Christ as well. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it was about 33 AD. At that time, there were um, followers that were true to his message at that time. You remember that there was 120 that would wait up in the upper room as Jesus gave instructions and they were waiting after Jesus had ascended up into, into heaven. And about, uh, and, and today, 2,000 years later, we have 2.3 billion people in the world that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. Can you see the significance of what the resurrection has meant to our world. Let me put it in perspective. That means that one out of every three people on this planet, one out of every three would say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. The Christian church is by far the largest organization on planet Earth. Nothing else comes close to the size of the Christian church. Nothing uh, uh, comes close to 2.3 billion people following Jesus Christ. The church is bigger than China. The church is bigger than China and Europe put together. The Christian church followers of Jesus Christ today is bigger than China, Europe, and the United States put together. Nothing on planet is bigger than the church of Jesus Christ. How did that happen? Why did Christianity spread so far and so fast from a few hundred to now in the, the billions? How did a little band of 12 poor fishermen that people chose to be his first followers expand to one out of three People on planet Earth become followers of Jesus Christ. Well, I would say right now that those who think that the resurrection was alive, that's hard to explain 2.3 billion people following a lie. In a word, what happened was the resurrection it changed everything. When God said, I'm coming to earth to die for his sins, as Aaron had mentioned earlier from Genesis, it was his plan. Before Genesis, it was his plan. And then he says, I'm going to prove that I'm God by coming back to life three days later. That is the single most significant event in history. Nothing comes close. It splits history right in half, A.D. and B.C., One of the greatest proof of the resurrection that Jesus Christ literally died and was buried in a sealed tomb guarded 24-7 by the elite Roman soldiers for three days. One of the greatest evidence of the resurrection, it turned the first followers of Christ. Now, these disciples of Jesus, remember, 
They have been confused, fearful, depressed, disillusioned in the spirit, and defeated into courageous and turned into courageous and contagious people that were free from fear and filled with hope. They began to spread the message of faith and hope everywhere because when they saw Jesus had come back to life, the resurrection changed everything. It was a game changer for them. It was a game changer for the world, and it is a game changer for us. The resurrection is an essential truth. I know we hear a lot about essential, essential oils, but literally, (laughs) this is essential in the purest form in the most organic form essential to Christianity is the resurrection. This Easter, I'd like to give you five things that makes the resurrection makes us free. How does the resurrection make us free? I want to give you five things. First of all, Jesus Christ's resurrection makes us free. Makes us free, gives us liberty, gives us freedom from the guilt and the shame of sin completely forgiven of our sins, completely. If you don't get any other point, what I say, we've got four more to go. This one's a big one for us. Jesus said over and over again that I'm going to die on the cross to pay for all our sins. He said it more than once, over and over again. In fact, if you were to look from, as, as we said earlier, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that is the theme of the Bible. I will forgive you. I will forgive you. When Cain and Abel, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a covering for sin. There was a way to come back to God. There was forgiveness given to cover our sins over and over again. That message is given clear throughout the Bible. And Jesus said, I'm going to come back to life three days later to prove that I am who I say I am. You see, the resurrection gives evidence to point that Jesus' death on the cross could truly forgive us of all our sins, completely, and once for all eternity. Completely forgiven. Everything that you did that was wrong that I did and have done, that you were ashamed to admit it was forgiven at the cross. It is so gone that if we bring up our sins to God the Father, he looks at us because of the covering of the righteousness of Jesus Christ there on the cross. He says, what sins? It's like rain X. You know, rain X you put on your windshield, that's a cool invention, isn't it? You put it on there, and when the water hits it, it just disperses. It doesn't stick. It slides off. This is what happens when we have the forgiveness of God, and he completely forgives us that sin and shame and guilt does not have to stick with us. It slides off because of what Jesus does. Jesus' sacrifice completely forgave us of all our past sins present sins and any future sins that we may commit if we believe in Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7 says, as Paul writes, in Christ we are set free by the blood of his death, and so we have forgiveness of sin because of God's rich grace. Notice it is because of what we have done, 
because of our goodness, because of our performance. No, we are are forgiven because of our sins, because of God's rich grace. Now, we're all imperfect, so we all carry regrets. We all carry remorse. We always wish we had done things differently. We've sinned. We've been error. This morning, I even forgot to put on my belt this morning. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. We've all done stupid things. We've all sins, have sins and things that we feel bad about and guilty. God doesn't want you carrying guilt through life. He wants to free us from that. So what carries shame? The whole reason he died on the cross so that you could be free from all that guilt and shame of sin. Jesus is saying he hung on the cross for our sins, and we can quit hanging ourselves on the cross because of guilt and shame. He's already done that for us. Fully humiliated and shamed on the cross. Why? Because of our sins. Paul said in Romans 4, he said, Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins. He was raised from the dead to make us right with God. It's one of the most beautiful statements that we could ever hear. And we are free from feeling ashamed of what we didn't do or what we did do. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gave evidence to the point that he can free us from the penalty of our sins. He can do what he said he did at the cross. And the resurrection gives evidence that he has the power to do that. And we rejoice in the resurrection. I have a question for you. Who put Jesus on the cross? You might be surprised. It's a two-part answer. The first is, the first answer is this, that God did. God put Jesus on the cross You see, it was his plan from the very beginning. It's why Jesus came to the earth to die for our sins. And that's the whole reason. It was God's plan before any of us were ever born. It's what the Bible says in Isaiah 53 and describes how that Jesus Christ would be uh, come humble and, and come to the sacrifice and the death for our sins. That all of us have strayed like sheep. And that was written 700 years before Christ died on the cross. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It was in the heart, the mind, and the plan of God before Adam and Eve. For Jesus to be put on the cross by God the Father. It was God who placed Jesus on the cross to die for our sins. And it was our sins that caused God 
to have placed his son on the cross. You see, the second part to that answer is our sins. Jesus was handed over to die because of our sins. Listen, we could have, we could have, God could have avoided or Jesus could have avoided of having the, the suffering of the cross if we would have only lived a sinless life. If we would have always done right. There would have been no need for Jesus to suffer and die for our sins. And we know we haven't always done the right thing, and we know that that is impossible for us. We've all missed the mark of perfection. We've all failed. So Jesus had to die for our sins, and he did that willingly so that we could have a relationship with him. So... Our sins, and God was willing to put Jesus on the cross for our sins that we might have eternal life. And the resurrection gives proof that our sins can be completely forgiven through the death of, the, of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so it makes us free from sin and the guilt. Secondly, Jesus Christ's resurrection makes us free from, the, from fearing death. It gives eternal life. Jesus said this. He said, I promise. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. John 11. Something powerful happened to the disciples that dramatically changed their behavior to become martyrs for being followers of Jesus. You see, when they saw Jesus die, and then after three days... He was alive again. And not only that, but there was 500 disciples or people that were followers of Jesus that saw him walking around. They knew that Jesus, what he said was true, that he was the resurrection and he was life. And he proved it by his life. Power over death. As we think of the original 12 guys there, disciples, Every one of those guys were murdered except one. And that one was John. You see, remember as Stephen was stoned to death, James was beheaded, Peter was crucified upside down, Paul was imprisoned in Rome, and then he was executed. I want you to listen to, to the last words of Paul right before he, is, he goes to execution. He, he has these words, and it is, it is the heart or the attitude that, that he had in following Jesus Christ. And he says this, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. This is the attitude that he didn't fear death. He knew he was finishing his life. He said, it's good. And Christians were fearless in the faith of death. Why? Because they knew there's more to life than just here and now. You know what baffled the Roman Empire was how the Christians were unafraid to die. It's what caught the attention of the Apostle Paul when Stephen was dying. And in his death, as being stoned to death, Stephen said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he was praying for those that were th stoning him to death.
Paul said it like this. For me to live is Christ and dying is even better. He says, you know, either way I win. If I'm alive, I'm just going to live my purpose, the purpose that God created me for. If I die, I just get to go to heaven sooner. I can't lose. My friend, this is why as a believer, we're not afraid of what might happen to us. Now, it's like my friend, our friend, pastor friend, Bill Bramley, he was to say when he would talk about death, and he said, you know, I'm not afraid to die, but I just don't want to get on the next bus. <laughs> Believer's not afraid to die because Jesus lives, and, know, and we know we will live as well. He is our first fruit. We know we're part of his harvest, and we're going to live again. You see, for a Christian, death is a promotion, a graduation to our real life that God has prepared for us. God didn't create us to suffer and experience pain and shame. He has always had a greater, greater plans for our life. He's always had something bigger and better for us, and even after death, I was thinking, you know, and we've gone through this process, many of us and probably all of us, we, you know, we're going through this COVID season and we're thinking about, you know, if we get to COVID, you're going to be, and if you go to the hospital, you're going to be there by yourself and you're going to be locked down and you won't have your friends and family around you and many, many people and it's such a sadity and some of you have known, I've known people that have died because of this terrible virus. And I was thinking, but you know, as a believer, if I was there in the hospital, you were in the hospital as a believer, first of all, we would not be all alone. Oh, yeah, there'd be the hospital help. But we would have the greatest friend in the whole world with us. And we'd have his word and we have his promises. And we would have that person who's there with us, Jesus Christ. He was one who has faced death and has gone on the other side of death, and he's living, lives in us and through us. And then, you know, as we take our last breath, it's always looking up. It's always something better. It's always something that's, that's good for us. That's why when you hear stories about, and there are many stories even today, yesterday, and there'll be tomorrow of Christians actually giving their lives because simply they believe believe in Jesus Christ. Recently, a pastor in Mexico was was martyred. It's not because he was doing anything wrong, but simply because of his ties earlier in life to the cartel. And he was simply preaching the gospel. And from understand, as, as he, he was shot down in a service, now understand that the people in the congregation, they acknowledged that it was terrible, but they gathered around and they kept on singing. They kept on praying. You see, we have that hope in Jesus Christ that it's not the end. In fact, it is just the beginning It's just the start of what our real life, how God has planned us to live. 
And sin has made a detour of life and brought brokenness and heartache and sin and things that we have to go through in this life. God never meant that. And he's making it right. And we know this by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Frees us from fearing death. Here's the third thing that the resurrection frees us. It frees us from being weak, from being timid. Why? Because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling, this is a huge thing for us as believers. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, this dynamite power, is it in the Greek, and will, t- and will tell people everywhere about me, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We have the power that dwells us that we can be witnesses in unbelievable ways and places in Acts 1.8. And Jesus said, I need to go so the Holy Spirit comes and, he, and to dwell into the believer. And he says, when I go, I'm going to send my spirit to you. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to give you power to do things you couldn't do on your own. So now that we've gone from fearful to fearless, we've gone from hopeless to hopeful as the disciples has uh, experienced. They, have begun, they had gone from being cowards to be to being courageous. Listen, my friend, God never intended for you to be a follower of Jesus Christ by your own power. (laughs) He has set you up for success as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's impossible for us to live the Christian life on our own power. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed because he never meant for us. It doesn't work that way. We live the life as a Christian through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you may say it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God wants us to have a personal connection with you. He wants to put his love, his power, and his spirit inside you that gives you a supernatural advantage. It gives you an additional power that you don't have on your own. Gives that to us. You don't have that power. We say things like this. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm barely hanging on. My battery is dying. It's almost dead. I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm running on fumes. I'm out of gas. I don't feel like I can make it to the weekend. Why? Because we were never meant to live life on our own power. God plugs us into power so that you can live and fulfill his purpose for our lives. Listen, when Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe in him. How incredible great is that power that comes in us? Listen to these words that Paul finishes out in verse 20. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Did you get that? The same power that raised Christ from the dead to the living there that opened that tomb up, that same power lives in us to do his will. It's an amazing point. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us through the Holy Spirit. It's the power, listen, to free you from your past. It's the power to break those memories that have been holding you back. It's the power to start over when you feel like giving up. It's the power to change things you think you could never change. 
uh, on your own. It's the power to overcome habits and hurts and hangups that hold you back. It's the power to keep you going when you feel like giving up. The power is available to you. It's free. It frees us from what is holding us back. It's the same power that rolled back the stone and the angels sat on it. It's the only time in the Bible that angels sat down. It's a significant point there if you think about that, that the angels were sitting on that stone. God wants us to live like the power of the resurrection is active in our life. God empowers us to do amazing things. You know, Katie, a couple weeks ago, said God spoke to her about doing this Easter egg hunt. Now, you would think, by the way it turned out, that she had done a hundred of those things. She had never organized an Easter egg hunt. But here's her belief, and it's in the belief of the resurrection power at work through the Holy Spirit in us is that if God is leading me, he will provide the power to do what he asked me to do. That same power rests in every believer that can cause that which is dead come alive. From the fearful to the fearless, empowers us to do God's will. So it frees us to do what seems to be impossible. I could never do that. Oh, yes, you can. Well, you can't, but God can. I could never, man, man, you, you tell me, preacher, I could do this and I could do that. And, or, you know, I hear what the Bible says and I'm living this Christian life. I don't know if I can do that. No, you can't, but God can. And you just get out of the way. And let him work in you and through you. Let me give you another thing. Jesus Christ's resurrection makes us free from feeling unloved. We're loved by God. God says in Jeremiah chapter 31, he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. We are loved. And God doesn't wait for you to love him before he turns, before uh, he in turn God doesn't wait for you to love him before he in turn loves you. His love has been poured out upon the whole earth like rain. And some will receive it, some will reject it, just run off. But it's still there. God loves us. For God so loved the world. He loves every person in this room. He's calling you. He's pursuing each of us if we do not know him, if we have not experienced his love. If we accept his love and forgiveness through what Jesus done, you will never have to say, how long will God love me? He will love you everlasting love forever. Will I ever be without love? No. Why? Because God loves you. Well, yeah, but what if I do this? Doesn't matter. God unconditionally love you when you become a child of God his love is there for eternity. Jesus is God who died, now he lives, and we get to experience his love 
forever. And then I like this last thing. Jesus Christ's resurrection makes us free to dream of life after death. Our eternal home is waiting for us. Paul again writes, he says, No eye have ever seen, nor ear has ever heard, no mind has ever imagined the wonderful thing that God has prepared for those who love him. What is heaven like? It's indescribable. We could, we could pull all our words together and try to describe heaven, and we still wouldn't get it. It's indescribable. It frees us to think about life after. Those who are believers, because of the resurrection, it causes us to stop and think, of oh, what is heaven? What's life going to be after death? What is it like my eternal home? Paul said, or Peter said in 1 Peter, he said, we have been born to a new life that has an inheritance that can be destroyed or corrupted and can't fade away, that can't be destroyed or corrupted, it can't fade away. And that inheritance is kept in heaven for you. We're joined here with Jesus. How good is it? Well, how good do you think the inheritance Jesus has, the Son of God? We're joint heir with him. That's unbelievable. It's, un, again, indescribable. I can't not get to the depth of that. Prayer, I pray, Paul says, that the eyes of your heart may be opened so that you may see and understand the hope to which God has called you. Now, I've talked to a lot of people that have been really at a really low spot in their life. And people who have tried to give words of comfort as they either they themselves are getting ready to pass on or or loved one have passed on. And I just love the thought and the freedom that I can think about. That our eternal home, that beautiful place called heaven, is there for us. That last chapter of every believer's life is a beautiful chapter to be written when we pass from this life to the next. Well, what do we do with the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us freedom? Well, first, believe. If you're here this morning and you do not believe in what Christ has done on the cross, this is a great time. I couldn't think of a better day for you to put your faith, your life, your trust, your hope in Jesus Christ. It's very clear that he has the ability to take whatever sins and, and forgive you and then give you eternal life. And then second, if you have believed in Jesus Christ, we just need to rest in the resurrection power that God has in us. That we won't see life as, as, a, as a, you know, a little thing, you know, that God can do amazing things through us. As power is very evident, very free, uh, big in our life through what Christ has done. That he said, as Jesus said, I've come to give life, not just any life, but abundant life, that Zoe life, life beyond whatever you dream, whatever your vision, however think, you think God can do. <laughs> life is greater than that. What God has provided wants to do innocent through us. 
Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? So we bow our heads and reflecting upon this message this morning, how God has spoken to you. We can live free from the things that hold most of us tethered to the dock. The resurrection cuts those things that hold people back, that keep people from living a wonderful and peaceful and joyous, holy life. The resurrection gives us that power. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving Easter that 2,000 years ago you created a great exclamation mark of all the truths that you have given that the exclamation mark and the highlight was given by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now let us live as people free from sin, its guilt and its shame and its power, that the Holy Spirit will work in us and through us until you call us home and we too will get the experience what Jesus experienced 2,000 years ago, being resurrected from death into eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite the worship team to come up at this time. And let me say this, that we have some people, individuals at the back that are standing right now. And these guys are there ready to pray with you if you'd like to pray. Maybe there's something on your heart. Maybe today you'd like to give your life to Jesus Christ. They're ready to pray with you. And so when we stand, I'm going to ask you, for those who'd like to have prayer, to just go back to those individuals, and they'll take a moment and pray with you. And for the rest of us, let's just stand and sing praise and, and do one more celebration song of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So would you stand with me? And those who like to have prayer, go back to those individuals right now at this time, and let's sing one more song.
witness to anybody because that is the gospel he came he died he rose and now he lives up there and we're telling everybody about it go enjoy your easter week easter afternoon and the rest of the week go with god we love you guys Most people-